Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Kathy Hackle, and we're going to explore the metaverse. What is it? What does it mean? How do we prepare for it? I think you're going to find this absolutely fascinating. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content. And for those of you listening on the day this drops, happy new year. I cannot wait to see what 2022 has in store. And thank you so much for being a listener to this show. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Kathy Hackle. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Kathy Hackle. If you don't know who Kathy is, you need to know who she is. She is a metaverse growth strategist and host of the Metaverse Marketing Podcast. She's also author of the forthcoming book, Metaverse Economy, and she's commonly known as the godmother of the metaverse. You are all things metaverse. Welcome to the show, Kathy. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. So uh, today, Kathy and I are going to explore, guess what, the metaverse and what the heck it is and what it means for marketers. There's so much to talk about, Kathy, but you know, before we go there, let's back up and let's talk about your story. Start wherever you wanted to start. How did you get into this world that ultimately led you to the metaverse? Tell us your story. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I started in media and then slowly transitioned into corporate comms and then eventually landed in technology. My first foray in technology and when you and I met actually was during the live video days, like the Meerkat and Periscope days, Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I write, it seems like a million years ago at this point. That was revolutionary technology back then too, you know? It was, it was very revolutionary. And I think we were all very excited about it and and that's kind of how I got into technology. And while I was in the live video space, I got introduced to virtual reality. I, I went to a conference where I was speaking about live video and got invited to put on a virtual reality headset. And um, when I put it on, I went into an experience called Confinement by The Guardian that put me in a very small solitary confinement cell in virtual reality. So a virtual Whoa. Uh, solitary confinement. It impacted me. Like I felt claustrophobic. I took the headset off. I, I felt bad for prisoners that, you know, are in those types of situations. And what happened was that it clicked. Something clicked inside me. And I said, this is the future of storytelling on some level. And this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I did a very, very intentional pivot from live video into VR. That, that wasn't necessarily easy. A lot of people thought I was crazy. <laughs> is this pre-Oculus or is this uh, when the Oculus rage was going on? This is before Facebook bought Oculus. Okay. Before that. Wow. So it was before like the big, big hype, let's say. Right. So switched over into VR and augmented reality, spent the last eight years there working you know, in what I call metaverse related companies. So, you know, kind of when I, when I talk about my metaverse pedigree, I referenced several steps along the way. One of them was working at HTC Vive. The people know them for phones, HTC, but they actually have a division of virtual reality headsets. Ah. And I was their virtual reality evangelist during the partnership with Steven Spielberg's adaptation of, of Ernie Klein's Ready Player One. Right. Which a lot of people think about when they, they think about the metaverse. So what does that mean? You were the evangelist. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the VR evangelist. So, I mean, maybe people that listen to your show have heard of Guy Kawasaki. A hundred percent. He's been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So he was Apple's evangelist, right? He was the one out there talking to developers and talking to brands and talking to marketers and trying to get everyone aligned with um, when, you know, with Apple and Apple products. So I was kind of doing something very similar for a virtual reality headset uh, company. Ah, very cool. Okay. And, and then what did that lead to? So that actually led after, after a while, it led to a job at Magic Leap, which I've some of heard of Magic Leap. What is that? Tell us more <laughs> about that. Yeah. So Magic Leap was a very secretive startup that raised billions of dollars without a product out in the market. And pretty much what they were creating was they, they called it spatial computing, but they were creating augmented reality glasses. Let's call it that. Ah. And then, yeah, I worked with them for about almost two years. Very revolutionary company. Uh, I went in there thinking it was the next Apple, just like many of us did. And when I was there, I had a chance to work, for example, with Neil Stevenson, who was our chief futurist at Magic Leap. And anyone that's reading about the metaverse will come across Neil's name because Neil is the person that coined the term metaverse. Oh, really? Yeah. And his 1992 novel, Snow Crash. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so it's part of the metaverse pedigree once again. Tell us a little bit about Snow Crash because I've been hearing about it everywhere, if you don't mind. What's the story there? Yeah. Yeah. It's a 1992 sci-fi novel. I mean, it portrays sort of a dystopic world, <laughs> uh, kind of like Ready, like Ready Player One, pretty dystopic worlds uh, where, you know, people tend to want to escape reality and live in these virtual spaces. And that's not necessarily the work that Neil was doing. He was really envisioning <laughs> something else. 
Right. But I got to work with him there. I got to work with John Gaeta. John Gaeta, for example, at Magic Leap, he was our top creative uh, people. But John Gaeta actually created the bullet sequence in The Matrix. Oh, wow. Yeah. With all those cameras and stuff. That's so cool. Exactly. That was him. And so just sharing that because the amount of people and the, the quality of the creatives and the people that were working at Magic Leap, we were there because we believed in the metaverse. And, you know, we believed it was the next Apple. So we worked there, you know, for a couple of years. There was a, a big layoff, fortunately, during the pandemic. And many of us went other places. I, I personally went over to Amazon Web Services and worked on uh, large scale gaming simulations. It was quite interesting. And then just to fast track while I was there, I was writing my second book and I kept writing in Forbes. I was writing about the metaverse. You know, I was writing about the metaverse. I've been writing about it and talking about it for years. That's what, you know, most people don't understand. I've been talking to executives about the metaverse for years and they would obviously think about it very sci-fi. Now they're really interested in it. Right. So I launched a consulting company and I've been working, it's called the Futures Intelligence Group. And I've been working with some of the world's largest brands, uh, some of the world's largest companies like Fortune Fives on everything from virtual worlds to virtual fashion to non-fungible tokens to metaverse strategies, you name it. If you've read any metaverse news, uh, you've probably come across my name or you might've seen my work. You just don't know it's my work. So when did you go off on your own? Was it during COVID? Yeah, I was at Amazon Web Services and literally I would say in earnest, to be 100% honest, like it was February of this year. Got it. So you were probably moonlighting and, you know, positioning yourself as a metaverse consultant for quite a while. And it was like a side hustle is probably what I'm hearing you say, right? Yeah, it was a bit of a side thing and everything. But then in February, it was just such a big demand that I was like, okay, I'm going to leave Amazon Web Services. And we should say February this year is February because some people might be listening to this February next year. So we're talking about February of 2021, which is about a year. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So what are you doing these days now? Like you're helping these companies, you said, virtual worlds and fashion, like maybe just elaborate a little bit more so people can wrap their head around that because that sounds a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm helping them understand the future of the internet, you know, and I know we're going to get into what that means, but helping brands try to figure out where do they go after social media? right? What does social media evolve into? You know, do they create their own world inside Roblox, for example? Uh, Do they launch their own virtual fashion line for avatars, like I've done with some of my clients? Or like to give an example, like Estee Lauder Companies is one of my clients, and I helped co-develop the strategy for Clinique uh, for the first brand to do a non-fungible token. So, you know, we do all sorts of amazing things. It's almost like I have, I'm on the ground floor, really, Mike, when some of these big brands and these big companies are making decisions about where their brand goes in this future of the internet. So I feel very lucky, very privileged. You know, I always say I'm not going to complain about being busy because this is my time. Right. And, you know, and you've watched me build this over the years. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you've spoken at my event about augmented and virtual reality is what I recall. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke, did two workshops. Yeah. So I've seen you evolve and it's so cool. And I mean, it kind of feels before we get into you know, why marketers should care about the metaverse. It does feel like it felt like in 2008, 2009, when social media was starting to pop. I don't know if you were active back then, but the sense is that there's something new and exciting going on and everybody's paying attention. Mm -hmm. Do you get that sense also? A hundred percent. I think the marketing profession is a little bit reinvigorated. Right. People are excited. They're willing to pioneer and test the waters and do some really interesting projects. So it does feel like that, but it does feel like it's moving a lot faster. 
I agree. And, you know, part of the reason it's moving a lot faster is you've got a lot of businesses making major investments, right? Obviously, you mentioned one that you used to work for that was investing billions of dollars, right? And we know others we're going to be talking about today. So that's a great transition to my next question, which is why should marketers and or business owners, right? Because there's marketing opportunities and there's business opportunities here when it comes to the metaverse. So what do you want to say to them? And not all of them are mega corporations, right? We've also got small businesses here too. So what do you want to say to them? Why should they listen to what we're about to talk about? Yeah. So I like to explain it to people. I take them to the past so they understand where we're going. So Web 1.0 connected information and that gave us the Internet, you know, for many companies of big and small size, it changed a lot of things. Right. Web 2.0 connected people and you got social media and you got e-commerce and you got the sharing economy that changed a lot of things as well for everyone from, you know, Facebook, obviously, or Meta. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little later, but, you know, to a mom and pop shop that now has to use social media. So Web 2.0 was this kind of connection of people. And we're in the evolution of Web 2.0 uh, going into Web 3.0. And this Web 3.0 that I'm referring to connects people, places, and things. And sometimes these people, places, and things can be in a fully virtual environment like virtual reality, but it doesn't only have to be virtual reality. That's not the only technology we're talking about. It will also be our physical world where you are, there's physical services and physical products that some of these small businesses you know, might be selling. So it is both virtual, but also the physical world with some level of augmentation, a lot of which we're accessing through our phones, through augmented reality on Snapchat or, or Instagram or what have you, but eventually will eventually be replaced by some type of wearable. So if you are a small business and getting customers through reviews on social media or getting customers through the door, through some some type of navigation or anything related to mobile, then you need to pay attention because the metaverse in essence is the successor to today's mobile internet. Yeah. And I love this web 3.0 concept because I think a lot of people can wrap their head around it because web three doesn't just involve the metaverse, but it, the metaverse is a piece of Web 3.0, right? It's going to be a big piece of it. It may even be the whole thing. Who knows, right? But it's it's the way we're describing it. Just like they used to call it the World Wide Web. You know what I mean? Back in the beginning, and then it became the, the information superhighway. Right? Yeah. Who uses that anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think what's exciting about this is, first of all, it's a great opportunity. If there's one thing we know about the metaverse is it's becoming decentralized, right? Which is really important, I think, for people to wrap their head around, which means that, yes, there will be power brokers, but anyone can potentially tap into this where today it's very hard to compete with Facebook, right? And it's very hard to compete with TikTok and YouTube. But in the future, anyone will be able to potentially tap into this metaverse and make things and make connections that may or may not be algorithmically controlled. And I think I, that's kind of exciting. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. I think it's it's a huge opportunity, especially for creators. I know we're going to get into the part related to creators, but I think it's a massive opportunity. And, you know, many of us in this Web 3.0 space are working towards building an open, decentralized metaverse, like you mentioned, where there is portability of, you know, if you buy an asset inside a game, you might be able to bring it into a different game. You know, so I think the open, decentralized model is something that a lot of us want, you know, as opposed to maybe what some of the walled gardens might want uh, their future to be. So I think that there are going to be great opportunities. You and I had a conversation prior to this podcast, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but in my perspective, 
in this future of the internet that we're heading into, it's almost like the ad revenue models of the Web 2.0 space and Web 1.0 and the, the days of the Mad Men <laughs> a kind of ad, you know, ad driven Madison Avenue models might not work in Web 3.0. And that in itself presents a challenge, but also a huge opportunity for anyone that is entering the space. Tell me more. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's like we've been in this age of extraction, right? Web 2.0 connected people, but also extracted a lot of data and a lot of privacy and a lot of things from people. But in the Web 3.0 space, through especially blockchain, you're allowed to have digital ownership of digital assets, right? Because most, you know, in the Web 2.0 space, what can you own on the Internet? Mostly you would own a domain, right? There's very little you could actually own in a digital form. You know, you would be building on borrowed land on, you know, Facebook or Twitter right. or whatever it was. Right. But now with blockchain and digital ownership of digital assets, it's almost like the user's taking power back and being able to say, okay, if I am going to be giving my data, I might as well make some money on it, right? Or get paid in some ways, right? And you're seeing that a little bit in what's happening in the gaming space, in the blockchain gaming space, NFT gaming, where there's a model called play to earn, where instead of, you know, playing a game where you're just getting points for a leaderboard and for fun, which is still fun, but you're actually making revenue. You're still actually accruing value on some of the digital assets that you have. So it's it's a bit of a, of a change in how we engage with content, how we own assets. And I think that there is great power there when you are going to be able to own these digital assets and prove that they're yours. You know, you're going to be able to use them for identity management as well on the blockchain. And yeah, I think in some ways it's going to, you know, it, it won't be without its challenges, right? There might be things that, you know, in 10 years we had no idea what happened. But I do think that there is a huge opportunity to right the wrongs of the past and make it different. I'm very bullish. I believe the opportunities for business and of any size and marketers is going to be not just having virtual worlds where you can promote and advertise, but also you know, having community in a way that maybe people don't totally understand that could be far more intimate. I also am excited about the fact that uh, people are going to create new kinds of businesses that never existed before. Like you mentioned digital clothing. I mean, imagine if you're creative and you can create yeah. digital assets, like imagine your virtual office where you have your meetings and you have to go out and you ha maybe you get a very basic generic office for nothing, but you got to, if you want it to look nice, you got to go actually, there's makers who are going to make stuff and you're going to buy it and mm -hmm. you're going to put it in your office and some's going to be decoration and some's going to have functionality. And there will be literal things that you could purchase and move around and take from office to office virtually, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what's exciting. It's very exciting. I think it's opening up a whole new world of possibilities. I always share an example of this young creator. His Web3 name is Ferocious, and he's a digital artist. He's been creating art for a couple of years. He's very young, obviously. How do you spell that just out of curiosity? So, like, instead of Ferocious, it's Ferocious <laughs> with a W. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, so, cool. Ferocious. Okay. Yeah, and he's a well-known digital artist. He's fairly young. He's, I think, 19 <laughs> right now. But he partnered with a company called Artifact Studios, which is in itself a metaverse brand. And they launched these uh, virtual sneakers. Right. Which would sound crazy to people, but sneaker people that collect sneakers want to collect them in physical and in virtual form. And they did this collection of virtual sneakers. Really interesting. 
And they within, I think it was within 30 minutes, they, they sold them as NFTs. And within like 30 minutes or three hours, I don't know, some very small period of time, they sold out the whole collection. And the sneakers were starting at 3,000. There were some at 5,000. There were some at 10,000. These are virtual sneakers, mind you. So sneakers that only exist in a virtual form. Right. And they made millions of dollars. And the reason I'm, I'm sharing this is because in the Web 2.0 world, when would someone like Ferocious get a deal with Nike, right? That is something that normally would only be reserved for a LeBron James, right? Wait, so did he get a deal with Nike? No, no, he didn't, but he made more money. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. How hard would it be for him to do something like this in real yeah. life? It'd be when practically did, yeah, impossible. When would that have ever happened for him right. to get a deal with Nike in the right. Web 2.0 world? Right, right, right. So it's unlocking these amazing opportunities, not just for wealth creation, because that's just exciting, obviously, but for someone that who's a digital creator to make a living and, and really be paid for his art and, and his work. And, you know, because for me, digital art is art. It doesn't, you know, just because it's not on a physical canvas doesn't make it not art. Cool. So I always share that example because normally that's something that would be reserved for a LeBron James. So we mentioned earlier, hey, let's get to Meta slash Facebook and, and their role yeah. in this whole thing. Did we define the metaverse as the connection of people, places and things? Or was that the definition of Web3? Because if it is, then how would you define what the metaverse is? And then maybe, you know, what's Facebook's role in it, in your opinion? Yeah. So Web 3.0 con connects people, places and things, right? The metaverse is a little bit different. So the metaverse is a convergence of physical and digital. It's the successor of today's mobile internet. You almost have to envision the metaverse as your digital lifestyle that you've been living on phones and on computers and wherever, your digital lifestyle catching up to your physical lives, right? And the metaverse is not just one technology. It's enabled by many different technologies. So virtual reality and augmented reality in our mobile phones are entry points. Uh, you've got blockchain and NFTs, which are going to be really important for identity management, traceability, store value, new investment vehicles, those sorts of things. You're going to need 5G, for example, for connectivity, 5G and 5G plus and 6G, right? Uh, you're going to need edge computing or any cloud computing. You're going to need so many different enabling technologies that make up this metaverse, right? This future where we're going to be engaging with digital content in a different way. So I always get asked something like, is it one metaverse? Is it multiple? And the way I explain it to people is, first of all, we're trying to define a word that's not even in the dictionary. At least the last time I checked and at the time of this recording of this episode, it was still not in the dictionary, in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. So it's still very early. We're still trying to define a word that's not even in there. And you know, we're trying to use words of today to explain what the future is. So just like the information superhighway that I brought up, right. it might not even be called the metaverse. Who knows? <laughs> so I think it'll evolve. But in this concept, is it one metaverse? Is it multiple metaverses? The way I'm allowing people to wrap their heads around this is that if you live, for example, in the New York area, there's something called the great tri-state area. So you've got the great tri-state area and then you've got the different parts, right? So you almost have to envision this as the greater metaverse. Someone talks about the metaverse. It's almost like they're talking about the metaverse with capital M and it's that greater metaverse. And then within that greater metaverse, there will be meta worlds or metaverses, lowercase m, you know, and those might be the, the physical world with some level of data. It might be, you know, a Roblox, possibly. There might be different parts, proto meta, proto worlds or proto metaverses. Or I've even heard Omniverse thrown out there by, I think, the founder NVIDIA. of NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA uses Omniverse, but I think they're referring more to their platform for enterprise. Okay. So they don't necessarily mean something different than the metaverse or do they mean the metaverse? Is that just their way of referring to the metaverse or is that something totally? 
it's their way of referring to the metaverse, but more so their platform for enterprise. Got it. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's a little bit different. So what's Facebook's role in this going to be? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, as many of your <laughs> of your listeners know, you know, Facebook changed its name to Meta. They're very focused for several years on virtual reality and augmented reality. What is their role? This is the question I get, Mike, is can they own the metaverse? And in its current state, no, they cannot own the metaverse because, first of all, no one company should own the metaverse. We should all be building it together. Right. And then they do not have all the enabling technologies. They're, they're not strong players in all the enabling technologies that need to be in place for this greater metaverse to be activated. Right. They're very focused on the entry points, on virtual reality and augmented reality. They might be doing some, some things here and there with like blockchain and they might be having, you know, there's they've got some cable underwater and stuff. They have some data centers, but they're not big in cloud or they're not necessarily five Jeep. Right. So what is their role? I think their role is going to be more on the entry point side, on the virtual reality, augmented reality side. What is not clear to me yet is, you know, and I I watched um, Mark Zuckerberg's keynote. uh, And during the keynote, he mentioned the word open. I noticed that. It (laughs) seems as if he is actually trying to signal to the community of people like you that, hey, I want to actually be different than what we've been in the past. That's what it seems. Doesn't it seem that way? It seems, but I still have a lot of unanswered questions because when he uses the word open, my mind goes directly to, does he mean open only within his family of platforms? Right. Uh, Because then that's still a walled garden. You know, that's an open ecosystem within his platforms, but it doesn't mean it is decentralized. So I'm not sure, right? I'm not sure yet what their role is going to be. You know, I will say that the day that happened, because I am known as the godmother of the metaverse, my phone felt like it was going to melt. Well, and this is the good news about what Facebook is doing is it's a catalyst, Mm -hmm. right? So it's getting the world to pay attention to this thing and it's accelerating things. Would you agree? Yeah, I think they introduced the word metaverse to millions of people before I thought that would ever happen. Right. Um, (laughs) So some of the conversations that I might have had in March with uh, C-suite, you know, with CEOs or or CMOs at brands where it was pretty, you know, high level or like just, you know, not very deep evolved very quickly into, oh, we need a metaverse strategy. We need it now. You've got, for example, brands like Balenciaga and ODP announcing metaverse teams already. They're opening metaverse units. And, you know, I've, I've been at the forefront of saying eventually, you know, it's going to start with the bigger brands and the bigger companies, but they're going to need metaverse teams, just like they eventually needed social media teams and e-commerce teams. Right. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, I'm very interested in watching also how the marketing profession evolves, the, the PR profession evolves, how social media evolves as well. Community management alone Right. You and I are on many Discord servers, I'm sure. And it's just a different animal. Right. Exactly. So this has been a really fascinating discussion. So I guess the now the next question is, what do we need to do to prepare for the metaverse? Because obviously this is not going to like just show up next month. Right. Yeah. This is going to take a little bit of while. Right. But we're going to see probably 2022 is a massive innovation year, I would imagine. So what do we need to be doing now to kind of get ourselves maybe just acclimated to this? Because obviously the vast amount of the world is completely clueless about this. So what should we do? What's your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's several steps people can take. And a side note is this decade is the decade for building, right? This is a decade for you to start building and creating. And if you are, if you want to transition into web 3.0, now is the time to start thinking about it. 
So I think it'll be an evolution. The next, you know, 2022 and 2023 will be, we'll see huge acceleration as well. So what are some of the things you can start doing today? There are simple things that are almost free, right? You can join a Discord server, right? (laughs) Uh, Join Discord and understand how the communities work there. How do people engage? What are the conversations that are being had in these places? Do you have one you want to recommend? Yeah, so I would definitely recommend, so we have a Republic Realm Academy. Did you say Republic Rome or Republic Realm? Republic Realm, Okay. R-E-A-L-M. Okay. So Republic Realm Academy, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. And just as a quick aside for people that are not, yeah. you know, gamers and or NFT people, like Discord is kind of like an old fashioned forum, for lack of better words. It, yeah. really, it really is just a chat. It's almost like Slack, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's got its own little communities and stuff. And it's really not anything super special, but it seems to be where a lot of the movers and shakers are hanging out. I would imagine you could join Clubhouse and hang out in some rooms too, right? Yeah, but I think it's a different thing. It's a very different approach because with Discord, that's where the gaming community is. That's where a lot of these conversations are had. If you have an NFT, that's where normally you communicate with the creators of that NFT. Um, Clubhouse is great too. I just don't necessarily think it's the same animal. It's just mostly if you want to learn, right? Because there's always rooms hosted on talking about this stuff in Clubhouse. Yeah, Twitter Spaces. I mean, Twitter Spaces also has amazing NFT and Web3, you know, um, spaces that are happening. Right. I was just at one this morning. So, so yeah, you know, I think with Discord is watching how does community evolve in Discord? What is the conversation? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because setting up a Discord server, like that's, you need to understand which are the bots you need to activate. You need to have mods that know how to communicate. You need to, I mean, it's a totally, to me. It's not like a Facebook group. It's totally different. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally different. What about Roblox? Talk to me about that because I know we talked about that and I think people probably will be able to relate to this part a little bit. Yeah, it's something very simple, like like I mentioned, you know, if you have kids or you have kids in your in your life, you're probably watching them play Fortnite or play Animal Crossing or play Roblox. You know, I would even urge the people to like instead of just watching your kids, open an account and play with them. And go in there and go to Nike Land and go to Chipotle and go to Vans World and go in there and play with them and ask them questions and, you know, dress up your avatar and do things like that so you can really wrap your head around it. For me, during the pandemic, one of the moments I bonded with my son was during the Little Nas X Roblox concert. And, you know, I always joke and I say, you know, for you and me and for most of the people listening, our first concert was probably in a stadium. Mm. But, you know, but for my son, it was little Nas X and Roblox and it was very real to him. And just because it happened in this virtual space didn't make it less real for him. He still views it as his first concert. He was wowed. He felt like he was there with little Nas. So, yeah, I bonded with him in that experience. Explain Roblox to people who have never played Roblox. Like, what is it about Roblox that's so interesting and why it might be a sneak peek at what's coming? Yeah. It's interesting because when people say that, immediately the people that are listening to this might think it's a video game. That's not how the company describes themselves. It's an experience company. And my kids would say it's a community. So I think that that is a lot of insight right there. When my kids, I asked them, what is Roblox? They said, mommy, it's a community where we come together and play. Um, but it's, you know, in essence, a platform that has uh, user generated games uh, where you go in and you, you know, it sometimes it's multiplayer, sometimes it's not. And you can, you know, there's a world of different games that you can play in there. And by the way, I got to tell a little story. One of my daughters yeah. worked at an ice cream shop in Roblox and she got paid in virtual currency that was only good in that yeah. little game. And 
it's funny because she's a teenager, right? And she would never let her friends know that she was doing this, but her and her sister would work the ice cream shop for hours and they would just take orders and work mm-hmm. behind the, the counter with the ice cream. And then uh, some of them got promoted, right? And they got to be do- doing different kinds of things. It's like real world stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they played another one that was Survivor, the TV show where they were all competing to try to have a Survivor kind of experience, you know? And they were loving it and spending hours on there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of things that are happening in that space. And, and this, the fact that your daughters were making Robux, which is the digital currency inside Roblox, you know, and these sorts of things, you know, that's priming the market, in my point of view, for digital currency and for digital ownership of digital assets. These kids, these, you know, Gen Zs and Gen Alpha understand that concept more than ever. So, like, for them not being able to own their, you know, whatever they bought in the game, like, how is that, you know, that makes no sense to them. Like, mom, I bought this t-shirt for my avatar. It is mine. Why wouldn't I be able to dress my avatar in it. So I think it's it's going to be really interesting. If you take it a step further, Mike, what you're referencing there with Roblox, if you take it a step further and think about the non-fungible token and the blockchain gaming that I mentioned, and I'm part of the Blockchain Gaming Alliance, these digital assets actually, you know, they would get paid. Like if this was an NFT game and they were getting paid in digital currency, eventually that digital currency, you know, they might be able to cash it out in fiat, in fiat, which is, you know, dollars, euros, like currency that exists physically, let's say. So, yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting process where we're going with gaming and with, you know, I almost said this, I said this to CNBC the other day, I said, gaming is becoming the new branding of sorts. I'm with you on that. I think that gaming... I listen to a lot of podcasts in the whole crypto world, you know, and I kind of consider this part of that world. And they're saying that gaming is going to be really the on-ramp for so much of this technology Mm -hmm. because it's fun. You know what I mean? And because there's competition or there's rewards, you know what I mean? And it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably why Roblox is doing so well, right? And why I'm sure all the gaming companies are trying to figure out how to create these virtual worlds because so much of what they've been doing all along in these worlds, it's just like a next step, a logical next step, right? And you almost have to view gaming as the parent to the metaverse. Yeah. uh, Right? So that's almost like if you want to make that analogy, it's really important to wrap your head around that. I know that this is releasing at the end of 2021. I would even venture to say that in 2022, you're going to see some big acquisitions from big tech players acquiring gaming companies. I think that they understand that the that is part of the future of where the future of the internet is heading. So if they don't have that component, they're going to find try to find a way to get it. What else do we need to be doing to prepare for the metaverse? Yeah, I mean, I would suggest, um, you know, I, I definitely want to mention, you know, my book, which is coming out um, with the metaverse economy. It's going to be coming out early 2022. I have a, a podcast as well, which uh, you, you mentioned at the beginning called Metaverse Marketing. It's an ad week podcast. It is a great primer and a, a, an easy way, let's say, for people to understand where this is going. We have episodes on gaming, entertainment, fashion, NFTs, you name it. It's my love letter to the metaverse. Really, that that really is what it is. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a well-produced uh, it's a well-produced ad week podcast that I'm very happy about. We're working on season 2. Hopefully we're going to get renewed, so we're working on getting that off the ground. And I would say also one of the things, you know, the people that are listening to this and that might be reinvigorated and are thinking about like where does their career go in the future? How do, can they be part of this industry? I have an initiative with Republic Realm. So Republic Realm as a company is the company that you see when you see headlines like 
you know, plot of virtual land sold for $1 million in the central land or virtual yacht sells for $650,000 in virtual world. Republic Realm is the company that is making these acquisitions. They're pretty much a company that is going all in on virtual. And I partnered with them to create Republic Realm Academy, which is pretty much executive education for professionals that want to understand metaverse, Web3, virtual real estate, NFTs, tokenomics, you know, you name it. It's very important for people to understand this is not a highly technical thing. It's not like you're going to go in and become a Solidity developer. You're going to go in and learn these concepts and understand the implications for business, the implications for community. So, you know, we've got faculty from UC Berkeley, from Boston University, from Singularity University as well. And it's just going to be, and from industry too. So it's going to be a well-rounded experience. We're creating an alumni network as well to eventually, uh, potentially, you know, whenever there anyone needs a professional, that is certified in this and you know wants to hire in there's going to be opportunities so yeah for me it's it's one of those things where it's it's for executives that want to level up it's for people that are interested in maybe making a switch they might be a little tired of what they were doing and they're making a switch they want to get into this other space or it could be for you know students that are taking university courses I mean they might they might be taking a blockchain business class but they really want to get deeper into some of the other things this might be a great way to complement so as far as getting into the metaverse, we talked about all the resources that you're working on. And we also talked about, you know, Roblox and checking out Discord, thinking about the longer term strategy, right? Yeah. Like where uh, should we be thinking strategically, like, you know, as businesses and as marketers, what ought we be thinking about down the stream, if you will, right? Like we started about yeah. about preparing, but now let's just assume we're there. Like what what's the next thing we ought to focus on? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we mentioned this, but I think one of the things you could do today, right, also to prepare for the future and that might have really interesting implications for people in the future is if you have a little extra cash and, you know, I'm not, this, once again, this is not investment. <laughs> this is not investment advice. But if you have a little extra cash and you want to play around in in the crypto space a little bit and you might not want to get into crypto crypto, you could go and buy an NFT, maybe a, an NFT that was created by one of your favorite artists or an NFT that was created by one of your favorite brands, or, you know, you're really, you might be really interested in one of the, you know, one of the profile picture projects that are popping up all over Twitter and you might want to buy into one. But, you know, the process of setting up what's called a crypto wallet, whether it's MetaMask or Rainbow or whichever you want, uh, setting up the, the exercise itself of setting up a crypto wallet will give you a lot of learnings. And then, you know, doing the process of buying the NFT and then even potentially minting your own NFTs is a learning process will give you some vision and understanding a little bit of what's happening in the space. And, you know, that might prepare you today for the future. It might accrue value and become the next, what was it my friend calls, for example, I'm a board, I'm a a mutant ape, which is part of the board apes, which is a select community of PFPs, of profile pictures. It's an NFT community. You almost have to think about it as the new Soho house. Right or the new membership uh, that you're going to flex right, in right, some right. ways that going to yeah so it's it's I don't want to necessarily go down the rabbit hole but it could be an interesting way to do something today that might be very you know might have some benefit for you in the future but just if you have a little bit of cash that you're willing to lose in case of anything and anything longer term we should be focused on beyond you know setting up MetaMask and maybe getting mm-hmm. into an NFT. 
yeah, understanding gaming. I think that's really, really important. I think one big thing is to also start to listen maybe to the people in your team and realizing that maybe sometimes the young person in the room might be the smartest person mm. and listening to them. Many of them are virtual natives. Many of them are crypto natives and they understand and they get community. Building community now, setting up community now and growing that community and nurturing that community will set you up for success. What do you want to say to people who are like, this is so over my head. I could never do something like this. Do you have a either word of encouragement or warning? <laughs> yeah. No, no, word of encouragement. Yeah. And I say this in every one of my talks is yeah. in the metaverse, we are all world builders and now is your time to build. And there's different ways of building. It doesn't mean that you have to create your own video game. No, but there's different ways of building. You know, something as simple as like minting your own NFT, that that is not necessarily a complicated process. So there's little things you can do along the way. You know, if you go in, just joining Discord, for example, it's a little step. It's a little step and you might be able to create your own server for, you know, if you have a small to medium, medium brand that might have a good loyalty like just creating little things like that. So it doesn't have to mean that you open, you know, a Vans world, right? That's something that a big brand can do. And that's what they built. But it doesn't mean that you have to do the same. There's little things you can do. And it, this is a great time to experiment. It's a great time to experiment, to really go for it. Yeah. And build. What, what is it that you're going to build? I mean, everyone can build something different. And that's very exciting. Sometimes seeing is believing for people. Do you recommend people go out and get a headset like an Oculus Quest 2 and start messing around with these virtual experiences just to understand it? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's fine as well. I mean, they were sold out for Christmas already, but... I've got um, one coming know. for Christmas <laughs> if my wife followed through. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So, so you know, you might have to wait a little bit in the, in 2022 <laughs> yeah. further down uh, to get one. But yeah, I mean, that's always a good option, you know, putting on the technology, understanding VR. Right. Once again, it's not only virtual reality, so I don't want people to like overthink it a little bit. But, you know, Anyone right now can, you know, if you have a Snapchat account or you have an Instagram account or a Facebook account or Meta, whatever it's called now, a Facebook account, you, you can go to Spark AR or you can go to Lens Studio. You can create your own lenses, like little things like that. I mean, I know that sounds a little silly, but those are little stepping stones along the way. Kathy, you mentioned a whole bunch of resources. First of all, if people want to connect with you on the socials, do you have a preferred social channel? Yeah, LinkedIn. I mean, I, I should say Twitter, right? Because I'm in the crypto space. But <laughs> um, but I would say LinkedIn is where I share most of my content, my analysis. So Kathy Hackle on LinkedIn, that's where you can find me or you can Google Godmother of the Metaverse. I will show up. <laughs> and we should mention it's C-A-T-H-Y, not the, not the K-Kathy, the C-Kathy. And then where do you want to send people if they want to discover more about your whatever you've got projects you've got going on? Yeah, I would definitely, you know, if people are interested in leveling up and, and getting a better understanding of some of the things you and I discussed, Republic Realm would be a, a really interesting place, Republic Realm Academy. So Republic, common spelling, Realm, R-E-A-L-M, Realm Academy. So if you go to republicrealm.com and you click on education, you'll find the academy. Um, I do have a discount code that people can use if they want to register. It's Metaverse Kathy, all lowercase, Metaverse Kathy 15. So Metaverse, Kathy 15, all lowercase. C-A-T-H-Y. C-A-T-H-Y. Kathy Hackle, thank you so much for answering my millions of questions about the Metaverse. <laughs> and I know, I'm sure there's millions more I could have asked you. Um, I really appreciate you kind of demystifying uh, the Metaverse for us. And I, I look forward to hearing a lot more from you. Thanks, Mike. It was my pleasure. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at 
socialmediaexaminer.com slash 491. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you do me a favor and let your friends know about this show? You can tag me on Instagram. I am at Stelsner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm wishing you a happy new year. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media and the metaverse continue to change your world. See you next time. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.